You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Garrett Magby and I am here with Dr. Terry Trammell, a Bible and Theology professor at Southwestern Christian University, and has actually been in the ministry since he was 16 years old, officially licensed with the IPHC in 1979. So that's a 35-year tenure as a licensed minister with the IPHC. And, uh, and Dr. Trammell is currently, of course, teaching at Southwestern, teaching different Bible and theology classes to uh, many of the students um, over there. So, Dr. Trammell, how are you doing today? Very well. Thank you, Garrett. Excellent, excellent. I wanted to talk to you today uh, about a special subject, uh, especially for this month of April. Um, and the, the subject uh, on hand is actually the resurrection of Christ. And what I wanted to ask you and what I think uh, everyone uh, would be interested in hearing is kind of what the resurrection means to you personally. Uh, you know, you've been in ministry for so long and, uh, and of course, teaching Bible and theology classes and really just ministering to a lot of people's lives. But a lot of times we don't have a chance to hear more of the personal account of your, your story when it comes to the resurrection. So um, what does the resurrection mean to you? Well, I'm very glad to be able to address that question. And I have, uh, the older I get, come to the point and place of realizing just how important that uh, the message of Easter really is. That is that uh, I'm at a a place in my life where I think you can narrow it down. Either the resurrection of Jesus happened or it didn't. Absolutely. Either he came out of the tomb literally, bodily, invisibly, or his body is still there. And if if it did not happen, then I can't believe a thing in the Bible, and we shouldn't. On the other hand, if it did happen, I have no trouble believing everything in the Bible if that happened. I think you could say, uh, pardon the pun, all of my eggs are in the Easter basket. (laughs) Uh, And that's what the Apostle Paul taught. And uh, you talked about how long I've been in the ministry. I found the Lord at a young age, and I've been trying to you know, preach and teach His Word, and especially a Christ-centered, cross-centered gospel. And at the heart of it is the good news that... uh, what happened on that fateful Friday at Calvary that bought our redemption with our, the death of our Lord? It didn't end there. Um, Saturday came, and it didn't last forever. Sunday morning came, and something happened on that Sunday that tr- transferred everything in this world, the great reversal of what death is. And um, so when I think of Easter and I think of resurrection, I have no trouble talking about it at length because to me it's all about hope. It is the hope we have that it doesn't end in this world, it doesn't end with the veil of tears, the separations from loved ones and uh, and friends and family that we experience. The, there's not a, a a final say that comes from death. Death has been usurped by the resurrection of Jesus, and I'm I'm just thrilled at the uh, at the reality of what uh, Christ did and what that means to us today. Absolutely, absolutely. And and at what point was it in your life that the the resurrection, um, you know, became more of a reality? Uh, you know, uh, of course, it, to all Christians, the resurrection is the reality uh, that our faith is based around. But um, but at the same time, you know, at some point in your life, you have kind of that reality that hits you of wow, this this happened. This is what needed to happen for for our salvation. Yes, well, theologically or doctrinally, I I always believed. I didn't doubt when I heard the the story, um, 
and uh, from the from the Bible. And so at a young age, I found the Lord, like at the age of 10. And as you mentioned, I was called into the ministry with a definite call into my life. And I, I've tried to proclaim this as the centerpiece of every message. But on a very personal level, a few years ago, the reality of the resurrection really uh, struck a note in my heart. Uh, almost seven years ago, six and a half to seven years ago, my father left us for heaven. He was the greatest man that I ever knew. Um, I, I loved him. He not only preached Christ, I saw him live Christ, a Christ-filled life. And so the reality of a living Lord and a transformed life, it wasn't just a, a doctrine I read in a book. I saw it lived out in the home that I was privileged to be raised in. And uh, my dad is buried just less than a half a mile from our home. I have to pass by the cemetery every day. And I have now for, you know, six plus years. And I walk out there a lot of times to his gravesite. And you know, I know the first year especially, I went every day. And that, that became a very sacred ground, a holy ground. Because to me, I believe it's going to be the site of a great miracle one day. What Jesus' resurrection means, it assures us, it guarantees us of our own resurrection if we are in Christ. And I remember a few years ago, we were anticipating going to the Holy Land for the first time. I had never been. And uh, I was going to be able uh, and privileged to be able to uh, go to all of the sites there and to do a lot of teaching. And of course, one of the main sites you want to see when you go to the Holy Land is the place of the burial of Christ and the empty tomb. Right. And I know that a lot of people say, well, how do you know it was that tomb? And Garrett, I, I'm convinced if it wasn't that tomb that they say it is now, mm -hmm. it was a tomb very much like that one, or it was a tomb in close proximity to where that one is. And I got to experience, we had 42 people in our group that went and I got to actually go into that enclosure of the tomb that, you know, and it's big enough for you can stand in it and a few people can be in it at a time and, and to see the ledge where evidently the body of, of uh, the Lord was laid. And it was quite a moving thing. I helped the people in our group down into that tomb. And so I spent a lot of time there and it was a moving experience for me as it is for almost everyone that gets to go. But here's what I wanted to say and answer your question about on a personal level. I remembered uh, standing at my dad's grave just a few, uh, a few blocks from where I live. And I was anticipating going to Israel on the trip to the Holy Land. And the thought hit me, because that tomb is empty over there in Israel, one day this grave is going to be empty here too. And it was a deeply moving experience that happened in my life. And since then, I've just been even more elated and thrilled with the possibility of resurrection. And when I was there in that tomb in Israel, that, that reciprocal thought came to me because this tomb is empty or a tomb like this one. One day back in Oklahoma, the tomb of my father, the grave of my father is going to be empty as well. That's why to me, this isn't just make-believe, this isn't wishful thinking. When I say the resurrection is a hope, it's not a hopeful kind of thing. It is, it is an absolute uh, done deal, as it were, if I could use that term, Absolutely. because uh, of Christ's resurrection. And I, I just rejoice in that today. That's wonderful, and I and I'm sure that of course, uh, being in the Holy Land and having that that experience, as you were saying, 
and and whether it was that specific tomb or one almost exactly like it i mean you being there and that realization um and and that thought process that you had going through that and then you know of course uh, going back to your father and and things like that uh really just must have had the impact like you're expressing to us of just almost a, a kind of a life-shaking you know a life-shaking moment it did well it enhanced my ministry as it does you know the that for most people that get to go to the Holy Land for the first time. But I would say to anyone that's listening, you know, because a number of of, uh, believers and even ministers never get the opportunity or privilege to go. I didn't know that I would get to go. You don't have to go. The good news of the gospel, you don't have to go to the Holy Land to encounter the the risen Christ. And I believe with all my heart, you know, the tomb was empty. There, There is no dispute about that. There's no debate about that. The tomb was empty. But I realize an empty tomb doesn't prove a resurrection. All it it proves is that the the body was gone or missing. But I have loved to explore the field of apologetics, as many have, and ask the question, well, if the dead don't rise and the body was gone, what happened to it? And somebody (laughs) had to take the body. And then you just start doing detective work. And who could have done it? Who would have done it? Uh, The Romans, the Jews, at any point in history, all the opponents of Jesus had to do, if they would have taken the body, just produce it, produce a corpse, and Christianity is over at that moment. But the body was never produced. Some say maybe the disciples, you know, stole his body. That's even more difficult to believe, to think that that weakened group that forsook him and fled when he was on the cross got together afterwards and said, I know what let's do. Let's overwhelm the guards and let's take his body and let's concoct a story that that he really is alive and dispose of his body. When history tells us how all of those people died and they all died valiantly in the faith, the best explanation for the way they died, they saw the risen Christ. And Garrett, I'm at a point in place. I'm beyond the, the scope of Doubting Castle now. I'm, I'm at a point in place. It would take more faith for me to believe the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen than it Absolutely. does for me to believe that it happened. I'm convinced the best explanation for the empty tomb is the resurrection of Jesus. I believe that. Absolutely. I, I more than 100% agree with you. And, and it's interesting that you, you talked about that just now because literally my next question was, was going to be, uh, uh, what do you say to those who come up with these, you know, these theories or try to, try to explain it away? And it seems like it's all far-reaching, almost, almost more unbelievable than anything else. You know, some people say that the resurrection itself uh, is hard to believe, but then they come up with an answer that's even harder to believe. And it's like, well, how does that make any any more sense than the the reality of 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 Jesus being risen again? You know, that's that's exactly right. Bottom line, it still remains a faith claim. Right. We can't prove that it happened. We have to accept it by faith. But I say to people, it's not a leap in the dark kind of faith. It's a leap in the light kind of faith. Looking at all of the evidence looking at the empty tomb and all of the possibilities that could have happened in the light of history and what took place with the church and the followers of Jesus. You know, Josh McDowell many years ago asked the question, who would die for a lie? Now think about that. Some people say, well, the disciples of Jesus, they just claim to have seen him and then they, you know, every religion has their martyrs. But but you see, there's a difference. Christianity, those, those early disciples that claimed to have seen the risen Christ, they were not just dying for something they believed was true. 
if the resurrection didn't happen, they would have been dying for something that they they knew was false. Think Absolutely. about that. Yeah. If they would have known that they're living a lie. And I, I try sometimes to sit and contemplate who would die for something they knew was a lie. And I can't come up with a scenario where that would happen. That's why I say the best explanation is the resurrection of Jesus. And it is that resurrection that has, uh, you know, lit the, the, the fires of hope in the hearts of Christ followers in every generation through the centuries, across this world, in every culture, it gives us that uh, that assurance and that hope. It, uh, it It's a reality, and um, I, I don't run from it, and uh, I don't seek out a debate or a spiritual fight, but, uh, you know, if, if uh, it must be, we don't have to be ashamed at, at uh, giving a, a real account of, of why we believe this to be true. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, with churches today, uh, when they're presenting the gospel to, to believers, either, either if they're doing an outreach-type program or they're in their normal services, uh, what areas do you feel are, are, are a strength right now in, in you know, kind of a, the generalized uh, church setting? And then what areas do you think that we could do better to better uh, present this, this gospel and this truth of the resurrection to people that might not really know what to believe? Well, one thing that comes to mind, I have a firm conviction we need to be preaching and teaching Christ more. This message that that you're asking me about today, the message of Easter and the resurrection, some churches just preach it once a year, you know, like on Easter. But the truth is, for the child of God, every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. And when you look in the book of Acts, every time someone is preaching, whether it's Paul or Peter or someone else, this is what they're preaching. It's the kerygma. It's the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is. I think we get sidetracked on dealing with a lot of other peripheral issues when really the message of Christ, Paul himself said, I care to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if we can get it right, what we say about Jesus, everything else just kind of has a tendency to fall into place. So I would like to see a revival of, of churches and pastors and evangelists and preachers actually preaching doctrine and theology. And the best place, of course, the place to start is who Jesus Christ is, what he did, and especially his death and his resurrection. Because bottom line, what Paul told the Corinthians is still true. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture, and then some people saw him. And that's, you got to hang your hat on something. You got to risk the eternal destiny of your immortal soul on something. And I've looked at, at many things, and that's that's where I'm hanging my hat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much agreed. And uh, as we're as we're coming to a close with this uh, this uh, time with you, and of course, let me first say I uh, thank you so much for meeting with me today and and really sharing your heart and uh, and um, of course your thoughts on this whole entire subject. This is a very important subject to to many 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 people, and it it really um, has a lot to do with uh, our our day to day. You know, our day to day, the resurrection is is where we're where we're reliant and our faith is just put in that, like you said earlier, it's, it's a, it's really when it comes down to it, a faith matter. Um, but I want to ask you before we go, uh, one last question, and this will be more of a, just a, a fun, interesting question. But if you had to pick a favorite book of the Bible or maybe a favorite section of the Bible that you tend to find yourself kind of reading or going through more often than any of the others, what would you say would be your choice there? 
Ah, oh, you've asked a you've asked a hard <laughs> question. I remember uh, a, a few years ago at Southwestern, where I was teaching, I had a colleague who uh, taught an introductory college class to students, and they uh, this uh, teacher would send them around to different professors and ask them each a question to kind of get them better acquainted with the university and with some other uh, professors. And the question that she uh, had all the students ask when they came to me, just whenever they'd come to my office, is, what is your favorite book, Dr. Trammell, of the New <laughs> Testament? And here's what I did then. The first person that came to see me, I would always say Matthew. And then the second one came, and I would say Mark. And then it was Luke. And if two people then came at the same time together, I would say, for you, it is John, and for you, it is Acts. And I would just go all the way through the New Testament, because the truth is I love them all. But since you've asked me the question, and I'm sitting here, I love all of them uh, so much, but uh, I do have a, a partiality towards a favorite chapter, and that might be the one we're talking about here with the Easter theme of 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul said, when you get down to about verse 12, he said, um, you know, why do you think it's such a, 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 an extraordinary or amazing thing that, that God should raise the dead? The people in Corinth had not yet begun to to uh, deny the resurrection of Jesus, but they began to question whether or not there's going to be a bodily resurrection, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's no need for a body uh, in the in the world to come. And so what Paul does is so skillful and masterful. He starts with the resurrection of Jesus, and he said, if Christ is not risen from the dead, then you're preaching is in vain and you are still in your sins. And he talks about everything that happened if it didn't happen. But then he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. And I love the way that he, he, uh, he unfolded that wonderful truth, what we're talking about today, about the resurrection of our Lord. Absolutely. Wonderful answer. Dr. Trammell, thank you so much for uh, taking this time with me today. And we really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll be uh, talking with you again in the future about um, other issues and subjects and and, uh, things like that. So thank you very much. And uh, of course, have a wonderful, wonderful April, wonderful Easter coming up very soon. Thank you, Garrett. And and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org. Thank you.